Welcome to the show. This week we have a very special guest. She is a naturopathic physician, 20 plus years experience working in the human potential field. She is known as a medical intuitive and clairvoyant. She is a best-selling author. Such works include Stepping Out of Eden, E.T. Chronicles, The Myth and Legends Have to Say About Human Origin, Dark Angels, An Insider's Guide to Ghost Spirits and Attached Entities. Her most recent work, which is released this February, The Dysfunctional Dance of the Empath and Narcissist, is something we're going to cover today. She has produced a number of videos, Holy Deception, Ancient Aliens, Genetic Engineering, The Rise of Civilization, and The Truth About Nephilim Giants. She is a certified hypnotherapist. I'd like to welcome Dr. Rita Luis to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Dylan. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thanks for being on the show today. Well, you know, when you're talking about finding reality, um, there's what some people say and then what other people say. And, you know, uh, my hope is that, you know, we'll all figure out someplace in the middle where our minds can meet. Right, right. So just real quick, can you explain to the listeners uh, what exactly is a naturopathic physician? Like, what do you do and like, what does it entail? Okay. So uh, a naturopathic physician is someone who um, works with people using alternative medicine. You know, their idea is anything that is non-invasive to the body. So whether we're talking about herbs and supplements or energy work or chiropractic or, uh, you know, taking a hot bath, you know, all of these things support the body's ability to heal, but don't require prescriptions or slicing and dicing some part of your body out. You know, so that's the whole focus of it. And it's a very big umbrella that naturopaths fall under. That's interesting. Um, you have a background uh, and interest in many, many of your works uh, that cover uh, a large variety of different paranormal topics and just different topics that are outside the norm. Um, how did it all get started for you? So um, growing up, we were required to read a book every two weeks. And I never really was interested in reading fiction books. And so by the time I was in like seventh grade, I had worked myself through the entire archaeology and anthropology department at the local library. And it was around that time that I got turned on to the concept of ESP, which, you know, for someone that does it, it's extrasensory perception, which, um, you know, is today pretty much called like psychic abilities. And I became fascinated with that and kind of let the archaeology part go and, you know, really went on a search for, you know, spiritual growth and wanted to learn how to become psychic and ended up going to the Berkeley Psychic Institute. Um, and then when I finished that and I opened up a private practice, you know, one of the things that I found out was that I was very good at finding people's health concerns or helping them to address why they got sick in the first place. And people would ask me, well, you know, what can I do about it? And I pretty much had nothing which led me to go back to school and get my degree as a naturopath because now I had some information of 
you know, what they could do in addition to doing energy work to heal their bodies. And so that's kind of been the path that I was on, um, you know, up until the whole idea of ancient aliens kind of came out, um, you know, like in about 2009. And I was all about that, um, you know, because it re-stirred and rekindled my love for things that are old and ancient and, you know, so ended up writing two books in, in that genre. So, and then here we are now. <laughs> That's great. Um, so you, you said that you were a psychic. Uh, did you, did you, have you known this like, you know, the most of your life? I mean, how, how did, how did that come about? Well, I always had this desire to be psychic, but I never really knew that I was at all, which is why I went to the Berkeley Psychic Institute. And after being in their program for about three weeks, I discovered that I really had been psychic my whole life, but no one ever connected the dots. No one said, well, when this happens, that is a psychic experience. So for example, I mean, I was like 20, and I was working at a company and in the office next door was this guy who was older and he didn't come into work one day. And the next day he was there and, and, and I have to kind of excuse myself for telling the story because it really is told from a 20 year old's perspective. And this guy had like a really good comb over happening, but between the comb over, you could see that he had like a little round band aid on the top of his head. And I thought, well, you know, maybe he had a zit, you know, and it was kind of yucky and he put the bandaid on there because it was kind of yucky and you, you could see it. And I walked up to him, I crossed my arms, I looked him straight in the face and said, well, where were you yesterday having them check for a brain tumor? Only to find out that that's where he was the day before. <laughs> Oopsie. Wow. Wow. Um, you know, and so, in hindsight, I could see that as me having a very psychic moment. And it wasn't the only time or first time that, you know, I would know things or say things and just would write them off. And, you know, and I think that happens to a lot of people that they have these moments, but don't know that if this happens, that is a psychic experience. You know, they're looking for something else. I was looking for something else. And then when I learned, oh, well, that's what you do. It was like, I've been doing that my whole life. So. So let me, so you've studied then you've, you know, like you said, you'd studied at, at college for this, studied at a school. Um, what, what is your opinion then? Like, do you think that everybody has some sort, sort of psychic ability or is it just, you know, for special people, you know, that kind of thing? What are your thoughts? I think that everybody has some kind of psychic ability. Um, I think for some people it's stronger um, or they're more in tune to it. Um, you know, in all my years of doing this work and, you know, I did ghost hunting for a while and the woman who ran the group was probably the least sensitive person I've ever met in my whole life. And so I would say everybody has psychic ability except for her because we would go into some of the most creepy creepy places and there would be a spirit and i would be like man i can just feel it and you know and identify exactly where it was i'd have other people like walk through the energy and they're like oh yeah it's just right here or nothing never and other than her most people if you give them a, even a small level of instruction are able to pick something up right what are your thoughts where does where does this psychic ability come from? I mean, do you feel like it's from source or you're, are you connecting to like a higher self? What, what's the school of thought here on like, where does this information come from? How, how are you able to be psychic? Well, you know, I wrote an entire book on that topic. You know, I think as human beings, we're designed to pick up the information from the world around us. We send information into it and in turn, other people can pick up what we send out, you know, kind of like a telephone or like a cell phone or a TV set, you know, it's broadcasted from one place and then received at a different location, you know, and as we all know with our cell phone, if we're not in a good place for cell phone reception, 
we aren't going to get very, you know, we're not going to get that call. Um, and so, you know, when I work with people, I, I'm a clairvoyant, which means that I'm a very visual person. And so I see things in my mind's eye where some people more feel things that are going on around them or actually get auditory communication from their higher self or their spirit guides or whoever. Right. Um, you know, when I'm working with people, there are times where that information is coming in directly from source and it comes into me and out my body. Um, thus the, where were you yesterday? Having them check for a brain tumor. Uh, Cause my brain definitely wasn't thinking that. Um, being visual, you know, I'm able to see things, see disturbances, see weird stuff going on. Um, and then I have what I call the peanut gallery, which is a group of spirits. And I don't really know who they are. I don't really care who they are, but that sit off to my right side. And they are like the ultimate backseat psychics, because if I ask them a question, they really don't respond. But if I'm telling my client something and they don't like it, um, they will intervene and tell me, don't tell her that, tell her this. It's like, okay. But I've learned to trust them. So um, I listen to them. Sometimes I tell them to shut up. Now, do you get any kind of feelings that come with the, the, the clairvoyant visions and stuff like that? Or is it just all, all visual? Yes. Um, I'm also very kinesthetic, you know, and so, you know, especially working with people regarding their health concerns, you know, if their back hurts, my back hurts. You know, if they're having a kidney issue, my kidney hurts. Um, that's kind of, is that like empathic almost? It's empathic. Correct. You know, so that empathic is a different word for people that are open to that feeling channel. Um, you know, so, and I would say that that's my secondary channel. I'm, uh, as a person, I'm not particularly auditory. And so that's probably the weakest way that I bring information through. You know, but that's me. Everybody is different in how they process information and which ones are stronger versus which ones are less pronounced in them. Um, but it doesn't mean that if you're not working with it and if you're not utilizing it, that these other abilities can't begin to uh, be nurtured and open up and flower. I love that answer. Um, so you're are so versed in many paranormal topics. Um, I just kind of want to pick your brain on a few, maybe a few ideas, a few topics, um, some things that you've worked on, which, well, you kind of answered a little bit of this, but uh, your thoughts on empathic abilities and empaths in general. You know, and again, um, empathic is, you know, a feeling sense. You know, and I know we're going to talk about uh, my new book, The Dysfunctional Dance, you know, but it really delves into the concept of being an empath. And one of the things that I talk about in the book is the creation of an empath. And before I actually even started writing the book, I did a survey on Facebook, you know, the most official place on the planet. Oh, absolutely. Um, but actually, it was a group that was called an empath, you know, and so the people that were in the group self-identified as being empathic, and it was a big group. And so I posed the question, um, how many people are in your life did you experience childhood trauma? And clearly over 85% of the people that responded had experienced childhood trauma. And so I believe that, you know, people come into the world with a certain level of sensitivity, again, on a scale, but people that experience trauma tend to have their senses more heightened, especially if there's ongoing, you know, dysfunction in the family, because you don't know if dad's gonna, gonna, going to come home drunk you know, or mom's in a bad mood. And so by being able to pick up on their emotional energy, it makes it so that you can better survive in that dysfunctional situation and navigate it easier. That is so interesting. That that's, there's actually a couple personal connections that I have that kind of line up with what you're saying. 
That's that's very interesting. Okay, so what about what's your take on UFOs and aliens? Okay, so I am a so I'm a student of myth. Okay, because in my personal opinion, uh, the mythic record is a version of our history. You know, they people don't want to talk about it. People don't want to look at it. It's just a fairy tale, and I, I don't have that belief. You know, and you know, in one of my books, in the ET Chronicles book, I go into a lot of detail about how there's truth in the mythic record. You know, that there is an ongoing narrative that you find in the mythic record, and you can't just say that it's one giant coincidence that every culture on the earth has parallel myths. It's just impossible. Um, and so from that perspective, I do believe that there was beings that were not human that are represented, you know, and, and we called them the gods and that these were living, breathing people that interacted with each other and interacted with humanity. With that said, you know, the bigger question becomes, did they ever leave? And, you know, based on the mythic record, and I'm going to answer it in this way, there are stories of the gods, quote unquote, coming back and returning and kind of doing like educational downloads with humanity. And during those educational downloads, you find these great spikes in new learning and new information. And many times there's a genetic change, you know, so the difference between like Homo erectus and Cro-Magnon man, which is the one, Cro-Magnon man are the ones that did the cave paintings. And so, you know, in addition to genetic differences between the two, there's also this great learning that you find in this new species. And, you know, that's a whole conversation right there. Um, and so I don't know that they've ever really gone away per se, um, or that they're not going to come back. Um, so with that said, you know, it's hard for me to say there aren't aliens and UFOs. I am not an experiencer. I have never seen a UFO. I have never been abducted or, you know, any of that stuff. So I don't have any personal firsthand experience. Um, but just through the history that we have, it leads me to the conclusion that they are real. Yeah, I mean, there's there's just so many people and so many accounts. Uh, it it would be hard to believe that you know that they're every, all crazy. Yeah, that they're all crazy <laughs> and everybody's lying. Although you know, there's talk that. Well, actually, I don't know. It was like a week or two ago. I watched a YouTube video, and then Mario Kuko, the Asian physicist was on the news talking about UFO sightings and there were a number and there was actually someone posted one that was on Fox News. So it's kind of seems like they're trying to, you know, amid the COVID virus, uh, they're trying to do disclosure in the middle of it. And actually, I just saw a, I guess it's a new video, uh, Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, and I think uh -huh. it's a Stephen Greer video. Um, talking about contact. Right. Well, so, I mean, the, the Navy, I mean, the Navy and the military is admitted to it now. So mm -hmm. at least, you know, I mean, they're not saying it's necessarily little green men and flying saucers, but, you know, they've admitted to U UFO objects that, that have followed them and that they've chased. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, that's fascinating. Well, you know, but if it's not us and it's not the Russians... And right. it's not the Chinese. Well, then what could it be? <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's the big question, right? What is it? Um, what's your take on Nephilim giants? So I, I guess I don't have an issue going up against the stated, you know, there's what a lot of people say. And then there's my take on the whole thing, which um, is different. How's that? Okay, so many people believe, you know, so we have the story in the Bible that says, you know, in the, you know, in these days, the Nephilim walked the earth, and then the sons of God and the daughters of men, 
mated and were born the Gaborm, the men of renown. And in the Septuagint, which is a translation, it's either in the Septuagint or the Book of Jubilees, they actually say, and there were giants born to them, or at least that's how it was translated into English. Um, but in the Bible, you know, in the Hebrew version, you know, it says that, you know, who were born from the hybrid mixture of the gods, aka aliens, and humanity were the Gaborim, the uh, men of renown, and not giants. Now, it does mention the giants. However, if you look at it from a different perspective, it, you can have a, a totally different look at it. Because mythologically speaking, in those days, the Nephilim, aka the giants, walked the earth. And it was a tr that's a true statement based on myth. According to mythology, the giants were the uh, first generation progeny from the gods before humanity was, was created. And so in those days, the Nephilim did walk the earth. Yes, they did. You know, and then this was the next step after that. And so I don't believe that the Nephilim are a hybrid race as many people contend, if that was kind of where you were going with that. Yeah, that's, I just wanted to get your take on it. So what is your thoughts and beliefs and like, you know, since you are a certified hypnotherapist, past life regression in the afterlife, I just kind of want to get your take on that. So based on my, I don't really do hypnotherapy um, as part of my practice. I use some of the techniques with it, but I don't do that type work. Right, um, right. So, I mean, I think past life therapy can be very helpful for certain individuals. There was a time, it's interesting, there was a time where everyone blamed all their aches and pains and, you know, woes of life on some past life trauma that they were working through in this lifetime. Um, you know, oh, well, you know, I can't keep a job because I have a past life about this <laughs> or whatever, you know, and it was like the great excuse. Right. Um, it's kind of shifted because now everyone has an entity attachment, which is, you know, that's the new thing. Um, I've heard that too from yeah sources. You know, and I I do entity work with people, entity clearing, and so you know, since this coronavirus thing has started, man, my my email has been exploding with people. It's like I have an entity, I have an entity. <laughs> um, you know, I think so. In my practice, I do what I call timelining, and so if there is some trauma that's showing up in their space, I can usually back up in time to identify where the trauma originated. I think that most people have enough stuff that's gone on in this life that they need to fix before they need to start worrying about a past life. However, there have been a handful, and I mean literally a handful, of individuals where there's something going on in their life currently that I track back and I track it in utero and you know I can't go back further than that and it's those few people that I will refer to someone you know that does uh, past life therapy life before life therapy um, you know I was trained to do past life readings but I feel like you know people that go and do it it's kind of like you know they're looky-loos you know well I want to find out if I was Cleopatra or whatever and uh, yeah, usually that's not the case either. I mean, that's um, at least from what I've. Well, you know, there can only be one. That's right. <laughs> you know, and so. Um, so do you, you know, think it? Do you think it's from uh, the subconscious, or I mean, is it? Do you think it's it's an actual past life that the person has lived, or do you feel like it's just something that? It's from their subconscious that like stuff that they've experienced throughout their lifetime and they're just kind of, you know, bringing it up, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. No, I think it's past lives that they've lived. I do. Um, 
you know, which goes to kind of the second part of your question of, you know, what happens when we die, you know, and obviously we don't have any tangible uh, scientific documented evidence. Um, you know, there are people that have had near death experiences, you know, but I'm not so sure about what really happens to them or where they go. So I, I have, a, you know, I, I get a little stuck that way. Uh, because I, you know, even though I will like step out on a limb and, and talk about stuff that's like kind of out there, um, usually I have some kind of evidence to back it up. You know, I just don't like make stuff up. Um, right. You know, I mean, I that guess- makes sense. I mean, but I, I, I tend to lean on, um, you know, like people like yourself that have psychic abilities to try to try to learn and understand too because you kind of have a window into i don't know a deeper understanding or a window into you know places that you know other people they they don't they're not exposed to or they they can't see if that Mm -hmm. makes any sense Mm -hmm. you know i mean my personal feeling is that you know when we die you know and i'm gonna i'm a little bit of a trekkie um you know we enter a different time space continuum you know, and we're not vibrating at the same frequency as individuals that are living on the earth. You know, we're vibrating at a higher frequency. And so unless you can tune into that vibration, you're invisible, which is why people that are psychic or people that, you know, are actually tuned into it, I'm not sure how else to say it, um, can actually interact with them. You know, yeah, it's, it's almost like a frequency that you're picking up that other that other people can't. Right, can't right. Um, I mean, I did an interview well, at this point in time years ago, um, and it was a, a ghost show. <laughs> so it was kind of like, and their belief was that if you were a ghost, that you were a demon. You know, and when you died, you went to heaven or you went to hell and anything that happened to be wandering the earth was a demon. Now I thought that was a pretty interesting perspective on things. Um, that seems to have a lot of religious under like undertone to that. I think. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of a bias. Uh, at any, anyhow. Um, it wasn't a good interview. Trust me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, especially, you know, my experience, I had my dead father-in-law show up in my kitchen one day, you know, I mean, I've had, you know, I mean, I've had my own experiences of spirit um, and they're not demons. I mean, sometimes they're dark and yucky um, and I've interacted with people, you know, with that whole attached entity issue that have had what I will characterize just based on personality as demons. I mean, I've interacted with these interdimensional things that are attached to people. I mean, I've seen all kinds of weird stuff. Is that um, like uh, shadow shadow people or? No, da- no. Like darker and deeper than that when you're talking Some like of them demons. darker and deeper than that, but they still take on a human presence. Um, I've worked with. That's creepy. No, it gets weirder. I had this one woman who had what looked like amoeba giant amoeba on her skin. It was like they were eating the muscle tissue and they had these little Ugh. metal probes that Ugh. came from a different dimension and like with like alligator clips on them and were like picking at her skin. That was like, I had to go to the bathroom when that session was done and like scrub my hands and arms because it was just like, um, I had this one woman who had these interdimensional, and I'm going to call them bugs. Um, they were these flying things that you could kind of catch, but she had a giant vortex in her aura. So it was, that was a weird one. Um, <laughs> you know, some of them I know what to do with. Some of them it's like, I don't know what to do with that. Um, it really kind of makes you wonder, you know, we don't really know anything about what our, our reality really is or, or what's really going on, do we? We're kind of like infants in a, trying to figure this all out. Exactly. You know, that's why when I saw your show, I'm like, oh man, you know, and so can I share one of my giant pet peeves? Giant Absolutely. pet peeves. 
it is people that put out information where it's really speculation and they, they put it out there like it's true. And they want people to believe it's true and it's a fact. And I have issues with that. You know, when I was working on my Stepping Out of Eden book, I was talking about uh, the development of man and the archaeological record. And I never really dug to find um, very specific evidence and very specific, you know, I'll say like case studies. You know, and much of what we know from the archaeological record is based on you know, in my mind, after doing all this research, that they could put all of the evidence in one box. You know, so our ability to walk upright is based on one thigh bone and a piece of a skull or something like that. It's like, seriously? You're, <laughs> you're basing that entire hypothesis on a, how the muscles attach to a thigh bone? You know, but they put it off like, this is credible scientific evidence and it's like mm, i'm not feeling it yeah not so much which makes you just stop and want to question everything yes it does it really does um it makes you wonder about a lot of different things and and what is really going on um as far as the uh the past life and in the the afterlife aspects of things why do you think um we reincarnate, we incarnate. Why do you, why do you think that is? Um, you know, I think it, you know, you may have a typical answer that, you know, most people do, but I, I'm just curious to get your view on why we incarnate. And I don't really have other than regurgitating somebody else's answer, you know, that we're here to learn lessons and stuff like that. Um, you know, or to have the human experience, I don't really have a good answer. I mean, I do know that, you know, and I'll just use myself, you know, I've had uh, spontaneous glimpses of past lives, you know, here and there throughout my life. And I feel like I'm being given the opportunity in this life to change the balance sheet or make it be right. But that's about all I have. I mean, you know, because when you get into that area, it becomes, again, very speculative because nobody right. really knows. Right. So without giving us too many details, <laughs> what is the overall theme of your book, The Dysfunctional Dance of the Empath and Narcissist? Okay, great. Um, so the book really looks at... Um, relationships and our role in a relationship there are you know i would love to say that there is just a, a small subsection of people that have this situation but you know there are many 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 individuals who find themselves uh getting into relationships and after a while the relationship just falls apart and, you know, so the relationship ends and they blame the other person for, uh, well, you know, but they didn't do this and they didn't understand me and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then they turn around and get into another relationship and it becomes, you know, it ends up becoming kind of the same, you know, and the same issues come forward in the relationship. Um, and so what I really try to do is address why, why that happens, you know, because one of the things that I have discovered is that the only way to get out of the dysfunction is to fix ourselves, you know, and as I spoke a little bit earlier, you know, people who are empathic, um, you know, people that are more sensitive, they tend to be more helper people. Uh, you know, a word that's tied to it is people pleasers. They're the ones that want to take care of everybody in the room. They want to make sure that you're okay. Um, they tend to find themselves more often than other people in relationships with people that are not that good, <laughs> not that healthy, 
Um, you know, because the empath wants to give, 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 and and the narcissist, which is the other half of this imbalanced relationship, are more than happy to take, take, take. Um, you know, and what I discovered is unless you're willing to work on yourself and fix the part of you that allows you to stay in the relationship, you know, because if you meet somebody and, and, you know, you go on a few dates and you're like, oh my God, they're a creep and you walk away, that's great. But these people, you know, they'll, many people will stay for two years, five years, you know, I mean, there are people that will stay in abusive, uncomfortable, walk on eggshell relationships for 25, 30 years. You know, it's just like, why? Why are you doing that? You know, and one of the things that I also talk about in the book is, is it's our job to make ourselves happy. You know, and so being happy, you know, it's our job. We can't expect our partner to do that, yeah. you know, but that's also part of that healing process. Yeah, that's a really nice message um, to have in the book. Aside from the videos you produce and the books you write, uh, what are some of the things that you are doing to advance the field that you're in and even ways that you're helping other people? Well, I mean, obviously I, I work with my clients, you know, helping them experience health and wellness in their lives. You know, and I'm always writing articles or doing something to help educate people about some topic or another. So, I mean, I'm always doing something, which is how I ended up with all those credentials because I'm always doing something. So you, I seen on your uh, bio that says something about a Reiki master. What, what's, what's that all about? Um, so Reiki is a form of energy medicine where uh, the practitioner channels universal information through their body into um, their client and in order to correct and restore their energy vibration. You know, if you make the consideration that we're all made up of energy, then when we are experiencing illness or disease, whether it's, and this can be physical, mental, or emotional, um, it's because there is some kind of discordant vibration within us that needs to be cleared or straightened, strengthened or aligned. And so Reiki is one of the techniques that can be used to uh, assist in that, you know, but energy medicine, um, you know, is a huge area, um, you know, cause prayer is considered a form of energy medicine. Therapeutic mm -hmm. touch is considered a form of energy medicine. You know, and so it really can encompass, you know, a wide range of variations to what's going on, you know, with Reiki just being one. And you're applying that to your practice is what you're saying? Correct. And then uh, what are some examples of, I mean, how have you been able to heal people through this, this form of energy healing? Energy medicine is a really interesting tool to work with. Um, many times you have to help the person to unwind the energy that it's going on. Um, and so there are a lot of people that have the belief that, well, you know, I had a session and I'm not cured, you know, which, you know, if you're a naturopath or an energy medicine practitioner, you don't cure anything, you know, you help to realign and restore, uh, but you don't cure because that's a doctor word and we don't do that. Um, but, I've had miracle stories happen with clients and they're truly miracle stories. Um, you know, I had one woman, so I was working at a psychic fair and the sessions at the psychic fair were normally 15 minutes long. And she sat down and said that she had had a tooth pulled, like one of her front teeth pulled and the root went up into the sinus cavity. And so now there is a hole in the sinus cavity. And it was Ooh. like infected and nasty. And she wanted me to heal it because if it wasn't healed, they were going to have to go in and seal the hole. 
you know, give her a bunch of antibiotics and then go in surgically and seal this hole. And I was like, okay, yeah, right. Okay. You know, and I mean, I did my work, you know, it wasn't like I, I just like gave her a, you know, a crappy session, you know, but usually something like that is, you know, okay. <laughs> and so I worked on her and I worked on like draining the pus. I mean, cause it was, I'm visual. So I'm like seeing this pus and sinus crap and it was nasty anyway and then i energetically went in in my mind's eye and sewed up this hole and put like a healing patch on it and i did all of this stuff and our 15 minutes are up and she leaves so i don't think anything about it you know i did my session and that was it so about three months later i get a phone call from this woman and so she said, yeah, my sister had a session with you and I want to get a session. And so I said, oh, okay. And so she goes, yeah, well, you heard what happened, right? And I'm like, no, I mean, I don't even know who her sister is. And right. so she was like, oh, well, you know, it's that woman who had the tooth thing with the sinus. I go, yeah, so whatever happened with that? She said, well, she went home and later that night her sinus started to drain and drain and drain and drain and apparently she was up all night with her sinus draining and she had to go to the doctor you know for them to evaluate it that thursday and when they did the x-ray or whatever they did the hole had sealed over and bone had started growing in wow wow you know but that's it's, a miracle story it's you know? almost and, like you manipulated our physical reality with energy is yes. what it, it, <laughs> what are your thoughts on that i mean obviously you've had experience at, at actually doing it but i mean what are your thoughts on that we can kind of i, I don't know change or alter our reality based on energy or thoughts or feelings well i mean i am a firm believer of that you know i mean in order to have reality, there has to be a consistent, uh, consistent viewpoint of it from everybody in the reality. You know, so we call a chair a chair because everybody agrees a yeah, chair sure is a chair. Yeah. Um, you know, and that programming starts the second we come out of the womb, if not earlier. You know, and so as we get older we become more enculturated into what reality is. And as we were talking a little bit earlier, it's like, we don't really know what reality is. And, you know, in antiquity, there was a strong belief in the spirit world. You know, they, they thought ghosts and spirits were everywhere. And there was also a very heavy reliance on energy work, you know, if you think of a shaman who is singing and chanting and burning herbs and doing these things, I mean, those are forms of energy medicine. And that was what was relied on to heal people. And obviously it was effective because you know, we still have people. Yeah, they keep the um, <laughs> And there's, it's still practiced in some places, right? Yeah. Yeah. But the current reality is that it's all a bunch of hooey and it doesn't work. You know, because it's been programmed out of us, you know, or it's been programmed into us to doubt it. You know, I, well, no, I, I should go to the doctor and get a pill, you know, go get the new vaccine. I don't think so. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a whole nother thing. When, <laughs> when, when it comes to, when it comes to medication and uh, I'm completely against it Yeah, uh, for the most part. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, do what you need to do, but you know, my personal preferences, I try to, you know, be as holistic as possible and mm -hmm. try to be as natural as possible because, you know, I, I don't know. I just think that it's humans have a funny way of trying to, trying to play, you know, mother nature or God, if you will. And they think that they're smarter than, you know, genetics and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But with us, stomping out as much as possible of, and I'm going to say indigenous knowledge. I think that's a fair word to use. 
Yeah, um, that's fair. We have taken ourselves out of really understanding and knowing the power of the human mind, of the human psyche, of the world of energy that we live in. We lost the connection with, that our ancestors had, is what, is what you're saying. Right. Um, from what I understand, and you know, this isn't something that I've done a lot of research, but in, I think it's China, maybe Japan, but over there, um, you know, they do surgeries using hypnotherapy and acupuncture, like surgeries where here they knock you out because they believe in it and they understand the power of it and they know how to, you know, still know how to utilize it. You know, I think that there's a lot in our world that um, at one point in time, they had a much better understanding of and a much stronger respect for than we do now. Now it's very, we only live in a three-dimensional world, quote unquote, um, and anything that steps outside of that is foreign and taboo. It's know, almost, thankfully, it's changing. It's almost backward thinking, like we're degressing rather than moving forward. Yes. Um, but you're right. I, I think I agree with you. I think it is changing. I think there's a lot of people waking up and uh, for whatever reason, there's like an awakening. Well, I think people are just kind of tired of it. It makes me laugh. Um, or a little personal story here. So, you know, there's the whole vaccine thing that they've been talking about. And, you know, my boyfriend was like, well, you're going to get the vaccine, right? And I'm like, no. He goes, but it can save your life. And I'm like, but I'm not dying. <laughs> you know, and his reality of that whole thing is just so different than mine. And I'm like, you know, if you want to get the vaccine, get the vaccine. I said, hmm, not so much. <laughs> you know, it's like, I'm not sick, not planning on getting sick. You know, if I'm then I'm not going to take something as a preventative because I might get sick. There's a lot of things that are changing, you know, mm -hmm. in our reality and a lot of conflict of what's going on at this point in time in our in our world you know and a lot of people questioning is this true and um coming up with i don't know if they're coming up with answers but at least they're coming up with questions you know and questions are good questions make people think right right and collaborate and all those fun things exactly so Will you, uh, would you consider like meditation kind of a form of healing? I mean, can, can you heal through meditation and focus? I, I'm assuming I know the answer, but I just, I just kind of want to hear what your take is. Yes, very much so. Um, you know, when there's something going on, it, it's because you have that discordant energy, which is usually trapped somewhere in the body. And so meditation provides the opportunity to allow the body to let that go. And when you let it go, then it can start straightening itself out and altering and shifting back into a more healthy vibration that the body's supposed to be in. You know, so meditation, even though it's not me performing something on you, would kind of be considered an energy medicine technique because its focus is to change your internal vibration into a calmer, more relaxed place. So uh, can you tell us a little bit about some of your, um, maybe touch on some of your past work? Uh, just, I'm fascinated because you, you have so much, so, so many different topics and, and so many different things that um, I'm becoming a fan quickly. I'm going to have to go out and get your books, but uh, I don't know, in, anything that's, of interest or anything that's, you know, that's going on currently um, with, I guess, the way the world is that you can maybe touch on? Well, I mean, since we were talking current, you know, I've never been into politics at all. But I'll tell you, this last couple of years, I've been all over it. And I think it's interesting, you know, and part of that wake up call is people are starting to see the BS that's being put out there and spoon fed to them as being reality. 
Um, for example, um, and I don't remember if it was CBS, MSNBC, it really doesn't even matter, you know, and they're showing video of, you know, a hospital with all of these COVID patients in the hallway and they're just crammed in there, jet packed, only to find out that the film footage was from an Italian hospital and it wasn't even in New York. And, and, you know, and that came out in national media. And so people are starting to see that what they're being told maybe isn't the reality of what's going on and that maybe they should look at it or get more information or question it. Yeah, at least that, that's my hope. That's a touchy subject. I mean, I know that people are getting banned and things are getting taken off the internet and everything. Um, it only depends on what you're saying and whose side you're on, because you exactly. know, if you're on one side of reality, you're great. Yeah. If you're on the other side of reality, you're evil and you're spreading lies. And that's another thing that makes you kind of question like what is really going on here? Um, what what's the end game? What's the goal? Yes. Um, I, and why are they suppressing it? Yeah. You know, I interviewed a gentleman, and he sent. I got a copy of his book. Okay, and this was a, an interview for a friend. And so I said, well, you know, get me a copy of the book, and you know, I'll do the interview for you. And so I get the book, and the book was awful. I mean, just. Oh, that's terrible. <laughs> and um, and I won't go into detail because I I don't want to like out the person, but it was it pushed every like oh my god I can't believe that this guy is putting this material out there because it just seemed like made up stuff. Okay, like it did not pass the smell test to me at all. How's that? That's a really good way of saying it. And did the interview, because I wasn't quite sure where we were going to go. And he was a wonderful interview. It was a great interview. And for some reason, the publisher sent me five copies of the book, which I don't know. And I put them up on Amazon, and they all sold. Now, I had other books that I had put on Amazon, and they just sat there and didn't do anything. I sold all five of this guy's books within like two months. Wow. You know, and so it's kind of like, well, there's it not passing my reality stink test, but obviously there is a group of the population that believe that that's true. Right. I have to respect that. Right. Because I don't know for sure. And I mean, I, I love that viewpoint too, that, you know, you, you're, despite you might not agree with it, um, you know, you still respect it and understand it that that's where they're coming from and that's their viewpoint on things mm -hmm. well you know it's people that are atheist agnostic the ones who believe that when you die you're just dead yeah you know? like atheists mm -hmm. you know they that's what they believe that when you die you're dead and you know there aren't many other groups that believe that but that's what they believe and to sit there and say well you don't know what you're talking about. You know, we don't know what happens to us when we die. You know, and I make a really bad joke about there's only one guy who died and came back to life, but he didn't really write about what it was like in the afterlife, but that's very politically incorrect. So I'm not going to go there. Right. <laughs> um, you know, and we don't know. And so to sit there and express that viewpoint of this is reality, it's like, well, that's my reality. And a lot of people can't make that separation of this is my reality versus your reality. Well, I think it would, it wouldn't be as helpful if we did know. Um, you know, I think there's a lot that goes along with faith and there's also, you know, if we really are here to live a life that's, um, you know, purposeful and, and that has meaning and that we have goals and, and, you know, things that we need to work on, I don't know. I just think it would be different if, if we knew exactly what happened to us, you know, when we died. Mm -hmm. um, don't you think so? Personally, I would really rather know like why they put me here so I could actually do it versus <laughs> it just being a big mystery of like, well, I'm going to go do this. Yeah, this looks good. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a good point. Just versus it, just kind of groping around in the dark, hoping I'm right. doing the right thing. <laughs> it's like being blindfolded. 
Yeah. Yep. Pretty much. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, <laughs> you know, but that's what makes the world go round, you know, and I'm just going to, you know, kind of ask you, you know, I have a lot of friends who are into, uh, what is it called? You know, but that there are multiple alien species, you know, and, and they're interacting with the earth, you know, and then there's the whole reptilian thing. And, you know, I was watching part of one video about the reptilians, but then there were these lizard people and they were having a war and it's just kind of like. How do they know these things? But see, that's kind of my point, you know, so, you know, I'm just going, okay, you know, that's not my reality. But again, people that say stuff like that have huge followings. Yeah. I mean, they have like almost a whole history of what's, what's going on. And like you said, they're at war with this group. And I I know what you're, know what you're referring to, but Mm -hmm. I mean, I just, I kind of am a, type of person that I just, I need to see evidence, you know. Um. I, you know, kind of staying on topic, but changing it. I mean, I could see, you know, like uh, David Icke and a bunch of other people came out with the whole, you know, reptilian agenda and the whole, you know, reptilians live in underground bases and they're trying to control the earth. And, you know, they sit underneath the whole government cabal. And interestingly, myth does support some of that narrative, you know? And so that makes me go, okay, you know, perhaps there's some truth to that line of commentary. I I personally can't go like all the way down that rabbit hole. Right. But I can accept that there might be some truth to that commentary. Mm -hmm. I mean, and there could be. I mean, and like you said, there's a, there's a large following of that, of that thought, that train of thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, we don't know, you know, haven't had a reptilian show up on the White House. Yeah. Now. Nope. And I, yep. I haven't, haven't come across any either. Um, I don't know. I mean, I have seen strange lights in the sky before, but out in Phoenix, but other than that, aside from that, I've, you know, never, never experienced anything on them lines. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, maybe some people have and and that's their reality and you know i can't knock them for it and you know you kind of just have to take their word and Mm -hmm. respect their opinion and and their beliefs you know and or their integrity i mean i know several people that are experiencers so for your listeners if you don't know what an experiencer is it's the new politically correct word to apply to someone who's been abducted um (laughs) And they are cogent, intelligent, well-studied people, Um, you know, that you have to go, okay, you know, if I take you as an individual and someone who is going to have integrity, then I have to take that this happened to you. Well, doctor, where where can we, where can we find your, your books and, um, you know, more importantly, where, where can we find you to, you know, possibly people, you know, need help getting healed, that kind of thing. Where can we, where can we find you? So my website is soulhealer.com, S-O-U-L-H-E-A-L-E-R.com. It's kind of the gateway to everything, Dr. Rita. Um, There's a bunch of articles, uh, videos on there, you can purchase all of my books directly through my website, which always come autographed, which does not happen if you get them through Amazon. Um, it also, I have multiple sites and it will kind of funnel you into the next appropriate site, depending on what you might be interested in. Uh, but that's soulhealer.com. But all of my books are available on amazon.com, barnesandnoble.com. My new book, The Dysfunctional Dance of the Empath and Narcissist, is also available in a Kindle ebook form from the different distributors as well. Great. And um, hey, thank you for being on the show. It's been a pleasure. Well, thanks for having me, Dylan. A good time. <laughs> well, that's it for the show, folks. I hope you enjoyed it, Reality Searchers. I now leave you with a quote. Appreciation and self-love are the most important tools that you could ever nurture. Appreciation of others and the appreciation of yourself is the closest vibration match to your source energy of anything that we've ever witnessed anywhere in the universe. 
That's Abraham Hicks. All right, folks, if you've got a story and like to share it, remember, you can drop me an email at dylan at com.